Well, today is Pentecost Sunday. Are you excited? Are you excited about that fact? Today is Pentecost. This is so such an important day in the church. The fact that the church was born and the Holy Spirit came so that we're empowered to live victorious lives every day. Honestly, this is exciting. I even went yesterday to Wildflower and bought a shirt, wild, because when the Holy Spirit moves, it's wild. And so I had to wear that today so that, um, but I might say just a little ad for Wildflower, there is a sale on at the moment. And so don't, don't miss out. It's only for a week or so. So make sure you, you get it and you can be wild together. So Today is Pentecost Sunday on the church calendar. How if you knew that? Not many people. It's interesting. If it was Easter, we would have known, wouldn't we? We would have known it's Easter. But we've got to think about, is Pentecost important? Think about that question. This is the day when we remember the birth of the church and the Holy Spirit descended from heaven and came upon the believers who were gathered in an upper room in Jerusalem. They did this because before Jesus ascended to heaven, he said to them, it's in Acts 1 verse 4, do not leave Jerusalem. So he told the disciples this as he was leaving. He said, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you what he promised. Remember, I've told you this before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So here are these disciples who have been with Jesus in his presence and he's leaving them and he's saying, wait, wait, I'm sending you something that's even going to be better than what you've had. It would have been hard for them to conceive and imagine what that was, but it came in such a powerful way that they couldn't miss it. And in Acts 2 verses 1 to 4, we read about this. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, suddenly, When God moves, suddenly, in an instant, things change. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And then they went out and they spoke the word of God boldly. This morning, Jack came up to me, little Jack Beach, and he said to me, what, what's special about today? Why have we got the cakes? I said, well, today it's the birthday of the church. He said, oh, how long's our church been going? And I said, that's great. This, we've been going for almost 22 years, but this is the birthday of the whole church, the whole church in the whole world. And he said, and how long's it been going? And I said, over 2,000 years. And he just looked at me. That's such a big number for a little boy. But think about that. Over 2,000 years, the church has been alive. The church has been going. And so I wonder today, this question came to me as I was thinking about this. How do you view Pentecost? Do you see it as a birthday party or as a memorial service? A memorial service is a commemorative event. We gather together to honour someone's life and what they have achieved, the influence they've had. 
Sometimes there's a sadness about this service because it involves a death. Life is over. All the good things that have happened are in the past. A birthday party, on the other hand, is a time of excitement, expectation and great joy. It is a time for celebrating birth and growth, a time for celebrating life and for celebrating what is yet to be. So today is Pentecost Sunday. What is it for you? A memorial service or a birthday party? If you view it as a memorial service, then what you are really seeing it as is the best of the church is in the past. And we gather together to remember what God's done. The church is no longer active and alive. We have to think about that as we consider this question. Do we just remember and talk about what God's done in the past? Or are we seeing him active and alive today and expectant about what he's going to do tomorrow? If it's a birthday party, then we're celebrating life. We're celebrating birth and life and a future. In my view, as I consider Pentecost, I believe that we have the characteristics of a great party. Celebrating the birth of something amazing. Celebrating what has happened in the past, certainly. The life that is being enjoyed today and the hope of the future. Now, if it is a birthday party, then we need some key ingredients. We need a guest of honour. We need a place and a time for the party. We need an invitation list. That's who's invited. And then we need a guest list, those who turn up. I think the first Pentecost had all the essentials of a great birthday party. We had a prearranged place and time, Jerusalem, in an upper room. We had an invitation list, the disciples and followers. There were 120 of them all who were the, ended up being the guests because that's how many turned up, 120. And to remember that this morning, we've got 120 cakes. Now you might say, Pam... Why did you only get 120? Well, it's sort of just to symbolise the 120 people and I sort of gathered not everyone would have one, so if you miss out, I'm sorry. <laughs> but if, just a reminder, if you're gluten-free, it's green. Okay, get green for gluten-free. And um, that's by the way. We had, and we have the guest of honour, of course, who is the Holy Spirit. Wow. What better guest could we have? What better party could we have? What celebration we have as we gather for today, as we remember what happened over 2,000 years ago. But did you know that originally Pentecost was not a Christian festival? It was not a Christian celebration. It was a Jewish celebration. It was a feast day introduced by God to Moses. It was held 50 days, pente, pente meaning 50 50 days after Passover. And what they did was they would bring their first fruits as a thanksgiving to God. And that was what Pentecost was. The Christian Pentecost celebration begins 50 days after the death and resurrection of Jesus, when these 120 people gathered excitedly anticipating what Jesus promised would happen. And when Jesus promises something, he comes good on his promise. And so you can imagine they'd be waiting, wondering, 
expecting what God was going to do. And as they were gathered, I can imagine that they would have been reflecting on those past 50 days. Remembering as they watched with despair, with horror, as their friend and promised Messiah was crucified. And then after that, they were, they were scared and they hid because they were worried about their own lives. They were confused. And then they woke up on that Sunday morning to the stunning news that Jesus had risen from the dead. And then after that, Jesus was with them for the next 40 days, continuing to teach them, continuing to assure them, continuing to show them who he was and prepare them for what was ahead. And now 50 days later, here they are in Jerusalem, gathered, waiting. Then suddenly, they hear it. The deafening sound, like a violent rush of wind. But the air hasn't stirred. This powerful sound fills the house. Can you imagine it? Just try and imagine it. We heard that wind the other night. Imagine it being in a room but nothing's moving. They're face to face with the power of God himself. This is wild, honestly. This is, we've got to conceive. It's not just a sort of a, a you know, a, a nothing thing that we, we can't try and engage with. We have to understand what the power of God is like. And then what looked like tongues of fire was on every person's head. Then they start to speak in languages that they haven't studied or learned. Suddenly, they've just got the ability to do it. What God is saying is that when my presence comes, when I come in power, you will have the ability to do what you cannot do in your own strength, what you cannot do with your own human preparation. Because God does things that are above and beyond us. And when we limit him to what only we can do, then we are missing out on what the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, and what he can do in our lives. We need to open ourselves and ask him to baptise us with himself so that we can be filled with power and see him work in a way that transforms, that changes, that is beyond our imagination. And so then they go out into the streets and Peter preaches as never before and thousands are saved and the church was born. What a celebration. Yes, it was exciting. It was a wild and reckless time because they were filled with the Spirit of God. The people thought they were drunk with new wine at 9am in the morning. But it wasn't wine that made them so happy. It was the joy they felt at the presence of God himself within them now, within them. It was the excitement of the birth of God's church through the power of the Holy Spirit. And today, if we want Pentecost to be a party and not a memorial service, we need to make sure that the Holy Spirit is the guest of honour. We need to make sure that he is still present in everything that we do, that we are still inviting, that we are still celebrating And that people are accepting the invitation, being welcomed as guests at the birthday party that celebrates life and growth. Not commemorating something that was alive but is now past, but enjoying a living, 
breathing, spirit-filled church that is celebrating the transforming power of the Holy Spirit to bring life and power to every person who is invited to the party. I believe today we need another revelation of the Holy Spirit as he revealed himself at Pentecost. And we can't predict what that would look like or even where it might begin. But we should be desperate for God to unleash this. Pentecost tells us about the heart of God and calls us to become more like him. He is faithful in keeping his promises. And, you know, he made this promise, not just to the disciples, but he made this promise to Joel, the prophet, hundreds and hundreds of years before. We read it in Joel 2, 28 to 32, where he said he's going to pour out his spirit on all humanity. This is what it says. Then after doing all those things, I will pour out, I will pour out my spirit. This is the promise hundreds of years before it happened. On all people, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. And I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth. This is hundreds of years before it happened. You know, in recent weeks, we've been reminded As we've explored the genesis of faith through Abraham, God's promise to bless Abraham is inclusive. God will bless all the nations of the earth through Abraham's descendants. And in keeping with his promise to Abraham, God poured out the Spirit on Jews and non-Jews from all over that region at Pentecost. He was demonstrating that it's for all people, whoever you are, And it's no different today. The gospel promise is for every person, far and near. And our calling as a church is to replicate the love of God for all people. And we cannot do this without abandoning our social, ethnic and gender biases. So if Pentecost is a party, who have you invited You know, professional marketers know from research that it takes about seven to nine invitations before someone responds. So who's on your invitation list? When you're having a party, you want people to come, don't you? You want people to come and share what you're celebrating. And that's why a few years ago, quite a few years ago now probably, we printed out some cards And they were called You're Invited. Who remembers those cards, the You're Invited cards? And uh, what we did was we gave out these cards to everyone in the church. And we said, invite people. Just invite them. They might say no. they They might ignore it totally. Just invite them. And people did that. And today I'm going to come and have one of those people who accepted that invitation to tell their story. Well, yeah, it's me. (laughs) And I didn't just have one of those cards. I had a fair few. I remember the designs. They were kind of like, I don't know, colourful. And I know that they weren't all the same because, like I said, I had like five or six. Um, But for those who don't know me, my name is Rihanna. Everyone calls me Ree. Feel welcome to. Um, 
And I have been coming to church, this church, for, I mean, I started coming in Easter. And so if today is 50 days after Easter, I've been coming for eight years and 50 days, evidently. And which I feel like is long enough now to be like, yeah, I guess I'm not a new Christian anymore. And I can't get away with just like excusing myself for everything, like not knowing things and whatever, because I'm like, I'm new here. But I've been here for just over eight years and um, I am lucky enough to be on the leadership team. I get to teach and preach. We are in the youth team. But um, I feel like if you knew me maybe eight years and 51 days ago, you would not anticipate that this was in my future and you would not think that I would be a likely candidate to even attend a church. Um, Some of you know my story, some of you don't. Um, But I... Grew up in a um, family that was definitely not in church, had nothing really to do with religion. I think my parents had a really problematic relationship with church in their past. And so never really grew up around that. When I turned 18, I started working at a couple of nightclubs in town and that kind of really became the centre of my whole lifestyle was um, lots of drinking, lots of partying, um, lots of just like toxicity in every sphere of my life, I would say. And um, Joel is... Yeah, Joel, who's here, avoiding eye contact with me. Um, Also just like kind of found himself in that sphere of life, but was definitely what I would say a bit of a light in those. We had lots of mutual friends. He didn't drink, he didn't um, whatever. But and so Joel and I were kind of had lots of mutual friends and got to know each other um, over a few months. And I would say at this kind of time, um, I'd just like come out of a relationship and I would say probably like spiraling is a good word for what my life was doing at the time. Um, Joel and I became closer. He was like one time, honestly, it was like 1:30 a.m. at Argyle. I was not working, therefore I was out recreationally, probably not in a state to hold a real conversation. And Joel was like, you should come to church with me one day. And he gave me a card and I was like, yeah, thanks. Shoved it in my bag and I was like, the next day I remember like laughing about it and being like, like, anyway, forgive my um, judgment of the past. And he had asked me a few more times in similar situations. And then one time he asked me, he's like, you know, next weekend's Easter, it's going to be a really awesome service, uh, I'm singing Pharrell Williams, like, you should just come, we'll go out for breakfast before, and honestly, I was like, I, I think that Pharrell Williams maybe got me over the line, because I was like, you know that song, Happy, I was like, yeah, kind of a vibe, I love that song, and, um, and I remember saying, like, accepting the invitation, I love you so much, Joel, because I felt sorry for Joel, because he was like... <laughs> Because he was like, <laughs> yeah, he was like this Christian guy, he didn't drink, always came out with us. I was like, all right. And so, <laughs> and so we came to church that weekend um, on Good Friday and Easter Sunday. We went out for breakfast before both. And honestly, it was the joy here that kind of kept me coming back. And it was people who just like had an interest in my life and would ask me how my week was, which might seem normal in this sphere, but people outside of here don't really care about your week. Like if there's no agenda there, they don't really care how your week's going. And so it was just such a um, contrast. And truly, I think my relationship with the community started before I probably had a real relationship with God or really received the Holy Spirit. So just like the disciples that Pam is talking about, they were kind of meeting in community. 
and then the Holy Spirit came and that was that gave the groundwork and a bit of a foundation for me to like do this really hard journey because like this beautiful life that God promises to give us like life and life to the full doesn't um, like negate the fact that I was going through some real stuff with my mental health. I was going through huge changes with my social circle. I was um, tackling some really big issues that felt like I was trudging through. But like Scott said before, when um, Jesus says that um, my yoke is easy and my burden is like, walking through that time with Christ was a joy. And though it had this like duality of like crying and being deeply depressed and things like that, I had this joy that was... Um, that truly reshaped me and it was like God was just like gently allowing me to reach this kind of like rock bottom where I I could safely say that without him I couldn't go on and that was the foundation for my relationship with him that was um, you know we sing the song of like um, building our life on God and it was like I had to get rid of all of this other junk and mess and corruption in order to be able to actually build my life on God and that wouldn't have happened without this like beautiful invitation and it wouldn't have happened without this beautiful community and it wouldn't have happened without the most gracious and faithful God that doesn't just exist here on a Sunday because it would have just been like this yo-yo but to have the Holy Spirit with me every day in every conversation in every situation was just the most transformative experience and continues to just be this like like experiential magic that without the Holy Spirit it is dry and it is religious and it is um, disengaging. But with the Holy Spirit, the word of God comes to light and the revelation of Jesus comes to light and the love of God, the Father comes to light. And it's all this beautiful intertwined um, network that I am so thankful that I have received the invitation to and I um, have had the chance to obviously reflect on since you asked me to speak that like I think of all my, every member of my family, I just think they're never going to come to church. They're never going to say yes. And I think the audacity of me to think that, that God doesn't have the power to do that for my family when I was probably the furthest cast out and he would still have the transformation. So um, be encouraged that if I can be here in church speaking, proclaiming my love of the Lord, then it is truly possible for anyone. So why wouldn't we invite? Why wouldn't we just do it and see the result of what happens when that invitation is received? How exciting is that? So you see, as Paul wrote in Romans, what Rihanna was just saying, how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? How can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? That's why the scripture exclaims, A sight to take your breath away. Grand processions of people telling all the good things of God. That's the vision. That's the picture. And so I believe Pentecost is, the birthday, is a birthday party. It's the birthday of the church. Let's invite people to celebrate it and get in step with the spirit who's coming, birth the church's participation in the mission of God. We need the spirit like a turbine needs wind. There's an old 
song that's been sung in church for many years and it says this, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. We need to pray that prayer. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Everything else can wait. You see, the goal is not to explain or master your knowledge of him. The goal is to invite the Holy Spirit into the spaces of your heart that only he can access. You have access to the unlimited power and presence of God himself. And if this doesn't signify the importance of Pentecost, then what does? So what are the signs of a church that has prayed this prayer to fall fresh on us? I believe, first of all, the church is a praying church, believes that, that prayer is vital. We prayed, we spent time, we take time praying because through prayer, God's power is alive in the church. Through prayer, God restores people to health, meets people in their moment of need, transforms people's lives. If you're not part of a prayer group, a group of people who pray together, then I say, do it because it's exciting to see God answer prayer. It's how we um, keep the church alive. Another sign is that the church is filled with people who care about one another. You know, when we heard about people providing meals for, for girls who've just had babies or, um, you know, the youth or for people who are sick. I've heard, you know, people receive flowers or visit, someone visits them. These are ways that we can show just a hello, a, a touch base, how are you going, that we show that we care. That is a sign of a living, active church. Another sign is that we understand our purpose. What is our purpose? To be disciples, to make disciples. It's really simple. That we know that, we activate it. And I think... Another sign of a church that um, is a reflection of this first Pentecost is it's filled with enthusiasm. Enthusiasm comes from the word entheos, God in you. It's not just being active and happy. It's actually saying that God is in me and it's through him that I am transformed and his power changes my life and everybody who meets me. So how will we make sure... Pentecost never becomes a memorial service here at Northeast. How can we make sure that this church is alive and active and that we, we are never talking about what's happened in the past but we're celebrating what God's doing today and what he's expectant about what he's going to do tomorrow? Well, we need to be people of prayer. We need to be people who care for one another, that are not too busy to do that. We need to be people that know what our mission is and we're enthusiastic about fulfilling the mission of the church to be disciples, to make disciples. And that's what Pentecost is all about. And just as God moved suddenly on the day of Pentecost to transform the lives of the disciples and to all who heard the message that day, God will still move suddenly in an instant as he promised he would do. And his power will be available to all who believe. I think Pentecost deserves all the excitement of Easter, but with the added perspective that the presence of God is here now, 
right now working and revealing Himself to all who will receive Him. This is just not another day, Northeast. Northeast Church, this is our birthday. Let's celebrate.